Well, brothers and sisters, we get a chance to start a new series today. I want to thank my sisters for blessing us with praise and worship today. Those are voices that I would hear every Tuesday, and it's wonderful to be able to hear them again. Beautiful songs as well. A new series entitled Stay Battle Ready. Again, this is a series that I thought would be impactful or important right now because, you know, we hear so much about what's happening and how we're supposed to deal with it and what our mindsets are supposed to be. Well, this particular series is dealing with a subject matter that we have to find out exactly who our enemy is. Find out exactly who this person or this thing is that is attacking us and be able to adjust and react to it properly. You know, I've heard a lot of teachings on this particular subject that can be far out there, scary, just untheological. Un, un, un but we're going to do our best to give you a great theological stand today to be able to do this the way God planned it to be done. So as we talk about staying battle ready, this particular series comes from Ephesians chapter 6. And it talks about putting on the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God. So we're going to break it down into small pieces as we go through it. But today I wanted to start you out with basic training, with just basic training. I remember joining the army and being sent to Fort Benning, Georgia for basic training. There's a bunch of folks on a bus picked up from the airport and they dumped us off at the front gate of Fort Benning, Georgia, where a bunch of crazy drill sergeants jumped Onto the side of the bus, yelling through windows, telling us to get off of the bus, not using, you know, like our first names or anything, but <laughs> telling us to get off of the bus, screaming and hollering, people running and stumbling and falling. But that time of basic training was to take our minds off of everything else that was going on in the world and allowed us to narrow in on or focus in on exactly what the army wanted us to do. We no longer belong to the world. We belong to the government. We were GIs. We belong to them. So they wanted to erase all the other stuff and make us focus in on what our tasks would be. So as we start this particular series, I wanted to kind of take us back to basic training and make sure that we understand before we don the armor, before they gave me a rifle, before they told me what my MOS was going to be, they had to do some basic instructional stuff to make sure that I understood who I was representing, what I was supposed to do. So when I got this armor, I knew what I was supposed to use it for. So hopefully that makes sense in a small explanation. So are you ready to have some fun? I know I am. So I'm looking forward to this particular study. Again, stay battle ready. And we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12 in the Amplified. And this will be our beginning. Now, these verses go all the way through verse 18. And we'll go through them on a weekly basis until we complete all of our armor. Are you all ready? Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 reads as follows. It says, in conclusion, I like this part, be strong in the Lord. Again, we have a tendency to be strong in ourselves. I know in basic training, drill sergeant asked us one time who wanted to be the hero for their country. And I remember some hands went up and, and for some reason that just didn't sound like a good thing for me to choose at the particular time. So my hand didn't get up. So the people who did raise their hand, he had them stand, move, go up front, turn around and face us. And he said, these gentlemen will get you killed in battle. 
They'll get you killed because they're going to be operating off of their own ideas, operating off of their own desires and their own strengths instead of being a part of a team that has been drilled to work together for the common good. If you do that, then you'll make other people from their country heroes for their country. You'll be able to preserve the freedom of our country and be able to go home. Hopefully that makes sense to you. So what he's asking you to do here is not be about you. It's not about you. It says, in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered through your union with him. So your power, your strength will come through him. Draw your strength from him. That strength which his, which his boundless might provides. Put on the God's whole armor. The armor of a heavy armed soldier which God supplies. Who supplies? God does. That you may be able to successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the devil. For we are not wrestling with flesh and blood, contending only with physical opponents, but against the deposits, against the powers, against the master spirits who are the rulers of this present darkness, against the spirit forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural sphere. So this is our basic training. This is before we actually get the armor. Now, Paul, when he was giving this, uh, this important letter as he was writing, he was making reference to Roman soldiers. Everybody during this time period knew about Roman soldiers because they virtually ruled the world. And he knew they were the most fierce fighters on the planet at that particular time. And he understood their armor. He understood those things. So Paul is making theological or parables with their armor to what was actually being taking place spiritually. So we need to understand what this armor means to us, how we're supposed to utilize it and how it's supposed to give us safety, how it's supposed to give us encouragement. So listen to me, we're going to break down this part of Ephesians right here. It says, be strong in the Lord for he is our strength. I think for most of the time, for a lot of us, we have the tendency to want to be independent. We want to be independent of everybody. We want to be able to show out. We want to be number one. We want to be that person. And what ends up happening in that, you're going to operate off of your own strength and enter into a battle that you can't win. A battle that you're going to cause problems for everybody else. So he, we're supposed to be strong in the Lord's strength. Who is stronger than God? No one. He is omnipresent. He is omnipowerful. He is above all things. So we are to operate in his power. For me to operate in his power, that means I'm going to have to give up mine. I'm going to have to stop trying to be strong in this context in myself. I'm going to have to make sure that when people see me, they see my God. When they see me making these efforts, it's not about me. It's about him because he's the only one who has the power Or the strength to do this. So I'm supposed to subject my strength, my power for his. I hope that makes sense today. I hope it makes sense. Let's let's go to another. It says, be strong in the Lord for he is our strength. Let's read Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3. It says, my response is to get down on my knees before the father. This magnificent father who partials out 
all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you by his spirit. Not a brute strength, but a glorious inter strength. So he's asking God to strengthen us inwardly. That Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. So again, part of this basic training concept is we're ridding ourselves of ourselves. We are no longer important. Paul is saying, I want God to come and work in you through Jesus Christ. I want Jesus Christ to be the number one entity inside of you. So that means as a soldier, when I was back in basic training, I didn't read a newspaper. I didn't read the news. I didn't have any access to any of those things because that was not what was important. What was important is that I knew who my sergeants were, who my lieutenants were, who my captains were, who my general was, that I knew to follow their instructions. Why? Because together we were unbeatable. Here's the situation right here for us as Christians. You give up your strength. You give up what you think is the right way. Because God does know the right way. So what if God's way is different than how you feel? Then you're going to have to die to you. You're going to have to let it go. And you're going to have to take up his strength. Because Christ living in you is going to strengthen you inwardly. Why is he going to strengthen you? Because there are going to be battles, skirmishes, and situations you're going to have to face. And in your own power, you are not going to be able to be successful. This pandemic has beat some people down. It has really destroyed them because they keep trying to search for a strength, an inner strength of their own. They keep trying to figure out how to do this or who's telling the truth or who's not telling the truth. They're trying to do all of those things instead of let the Christ that lives in you order your footsteps. Let the Christ that lives in you strengthen you. He promised that he would never leave you nor forsake you. Does that mean you won't suffer? You very well may suffer. But suffering now produces perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. So please understand this. This basic training is transferring you from the world to the kingdom of God. I sure hope you're hearing me today. Jesus says that you are in the world, but not of the world. So in basic training, you're being transformed. You're being taken out of what you used to be so you can be placed into something else. Let's just finish reading this particular verse. It says, inner strength, but a glorious inner strength that Christ will live in you as you open the door and invite him in. And I ask him that with both feet planted firmly on love, You'll be able to take in with all followers of Jesus the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Wow. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length. Plumb the depths. Rise to the heights. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. That's how... We are to be strong in his strength because when we're strong in his strength, we'll live full lives. In John chapter 10, verse says, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. So what has Pastor Ben saying today? How do I have this full life in the middle of a pandemic? 
How do I manage this thing? How do I keep this in the right proportion? Well, you can't figure it out. We could stay here all day and theorize about how this thing is going to end, where it came from, where it, where it stops, all of those kinds of things. We don't know, but God knows the beginning, the middle, and the end of everybody's story. That's why he's God. So he wants to strengthen you. How does he do that? You exchange all those questions, all those cares, and you cast them upon him. Because he cares for you. He then gives you his strength. Your ability to face these situations and circumstances on a daily basis without fear. Without condemnation. Oh, you should be concerned and do the right things. But you should be able to face it without fear because it's not your battle. You're not able to fight that. Does everybody get that today? The other part of this thing says that our struggle is not with flesh and blood. Boy, did we get this wrong. <laughs> we get this thing mightily wrong. And it's important for us to get it right. Because this enemy that we're fighting is spirit. Spiritual. So it's not seen. So when we choose to pick a person or people and make them our enemies, then we're working in the way that the enemy or Satan would instead of what God would do. He said that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with principalities, with powers. So let's go to a verse that I think may give us some insight. Let's go to first Peter, first Peter chapter five. Y'all having fun yet? I pray God you are because I know I am. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Who's our enemy? The devil is our enemy and we have to get this. Just real quick, I'm going to make this plain for you so you can see how this thing can go drastically wrong. In Germany, when Hitler came into power, actually as he was coming into power, he pointed out flesh and blood as being the enemy to Germany. To Germany's success, to Germany's rise, to Germany's efficiency. He pointed out flesh and blood and said they were the enemy. So when the people began to follow or listen to what he said, they were able to direct their anger and their angst against these flesh and blood people and then began to devalue them as human beings. Therefore, it ended up that they then were able to be a part of other human beings being burnt, being killed, being robbed. It says the enemy only comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's exactly what perpetuated itself in Germany because we made a people, a flesh and blood people, the enemy. Is anybody listening to me today? You have to be careful because our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is Satan. He's the one who's insidious, who hides behind these concepts and ideas and these ideologies to make us fight against each other when he is the real enemy. Let's finish reading this thing. It says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone <laughs> to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your Faith, 
Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering you are all over the world. Now, I wanted to make sure that we had an example of what this might look like, that if you came across somebody that we don't do flesh and blood, that we don't label flesh and blood as our enemy, that we can realize that our enemy is Satan. Now, can Satan use people? Yeah. And we'll make this evident for you. You know what, uh, Brother Mike, if you can bring up that other verse we talked about earlier today, that Mark chapter 5. We're going to use that today. Now, listen, it's a little lengthy, but I hope hopefully you'll go along with me. It says, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man... Listen closely, possessed by an evil spirit. Remember, it just said that he was roaming around looking for someone to devour. It says a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the burial graves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. This is a pretty big, strong guy, right? Day and night, he wandered among the burial graves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away... The man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. This is the man who is possessed by the spirit. So this evil spirit recognized a holy spirit because the evil spirit took the man, the same man that it was causing him to cut himself, stone himself, and break the chains and howl to run when he seen Jesus and bow to Jesus. I need us to get this today because it is Jesus who has the power to deal with our enemy. He already has, but I want to get ahead of myself. I want to make sure you get this today. So he bows at the feet of Jesus. Who is bowing? The spirit that is possessing this man. Because we've already read that this this demon had, had controlled the activities of this man. I sure hope you're understanding. With a shriek, he screamed. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Oh, boy, I sure hope you don't understand. This demon recognizes exactly who Jesus is. He says, in the name of God, (laughs) I beg you, don't torture me. This is the demon speaking. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Here's what I need you to see. Jesus didn't deal with the man. He dealt with the spirit that was in the man. He knew that our battle was not flesh and blood. He knew that our enemy was Satan. And that's exactly who Jesus dealt with. If it was about flesh and blood, he could have killed that man right then and there. But it wasn't the man. It was the enemy. It was Satan inside of the man. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion. Because there are many of us inside this man, which, which actually plays itself out because this guy was uncontrolled by anybody. 
Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. They recognized the power of Jesus. How about us today? Do we recognize the power of Jesus? And then we know who it is that fights our battles. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do we understand just how important that is to know who fights my battle? Who, who is the one that has the strength? Jesus, again, didn't deal with the flesh and blood. He dealt with the enemy, Satan, who was a spirit. Let's read on. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. They know they can no longer stay in the man. They have met somebody who was superior to them. Up until the coming of Jesus, there was no one that can control this man. And Jesus is here right now dealing with legions, not one, but legions. And they're begging him. Listen, I know we can't stay in the man because you told us to get out. So send us into the pigs. Let's read on. Send us into those pigs, the spirits begged. Let us enter them. So Jesus gave them permission. Who has authority? Jesus does. He said, Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned in the water. Even the pigs had enough sense. We don't want you in us either. We're going to go kill ourselves. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man. Hear me. They saw the what? The man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully Clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. They were afraid because they're remembering the man that they seen before. But now this guy is fully calmed and fully clothed. Why? Because Jesus knew to deal with the spirit instead of flesh and blood. How many of us know that today, brothers and sisters? How many of us are stuck on flesh and blood? And we think that there's some some group of people or some groups of people who are enemies to us. I need you to know, no, no, no. Your enemy is Satan. And if you take the stand that Jesus did, you'll be able to understand this better. We'll be able to work closer and better together. So step back from this feeling that there are people, flesh and blood, who are your enemies and realize that they are real enemy is Satan. And Satan is evil and he wants only to kill, steal and destroy. This is your basic training, brothers and sisters, a little bit further. And we're going to move on. And it says, then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon possessed man and the pigs. And the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away <laughs> and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been Again, demon possessed, begged to go with him. But Jesus said, I need you to get this. No, go home to your family 
and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been. This brother has a story to tell. He has testimony, doesn't he? So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed at what he told them. Jesus didn't deal with flesh and blood. Jesus dealt with the enemy, our real enemy, Satan. I'll close with one more verse and then we'll end this for today. Since the battle is spiritual, we need spiritual weaponry. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm hoping that this is helpful to you today. Hopefully you get a chance to kind of step back. And, and, and if you've got some angst with people, if you've got angst with just physical, you know, there's <laughs> flesh and blood people, maybe just take a step back and pray like Paul did, that God would open your eyes. Allow you to see these people are not your enemy. Satan is and Satan is still at work. Listen closely. Paul again. Paul says, well, I am begging you now so that when I come, I won't have to be bold with those who think we act from human motives. We are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons. Not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Paul says, I'm not going to come here and fight you men. I'm going to come here and fight against human reasoning. I'm going to fight against these strongholds because I know that's Satan who is operating in you. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And after you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Why? Because you refuse to give up. You refuse to follow the fact that we no longer fight against physical people. We fight against Satan. How best to do that? Let God do it. He is victorious. He is all powerful. He is stronger than anything. So basic training tells you what? The battle belongs to the Lord. I'm going to say it one more time. The battle belongs to the Lord. What is your part? Your part is to make sure that you empty yourselves out of your fear. Your hatred, your rejection, your stubbornness, your selfishness so that Christ can reign in you and then be able to live through you. And as he does that, then the strength that you need in these situations is always present. It is always present because Christ is present in you. We can't fight a spiritual enemy hating physical people. Read it one more time. We can't fight a spiritual enemy hating physical people. Your basic training has begun. You got a week to begin to think this thing through. Read through these scriptures again. Find guidance and then give up hate. Give up selfishness. 
Give up fighting against people when your real enemy is Satan and Satan is a spirit. Would you pray with me, please? Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you. You are more than enough. More than we can ever imagine. You have guided us in such a magnificent and beautiful and powerful way. Father, you ask me to take up my cross daily, to die daily, that you can use me. So today, Lord, as we're in basic training in this particular series, we ask that we all, right now, would give up our fears of people. Give up our hatred of people. And that we will let you show us who our real enemy is, but then also show us how victorious you are over that real enemy. As long as he makes us think, the enemy, that people are enemy, he hides. But once we get this insight, he won't be able to hide just like those legions that possessed that man. Jesus spoke directly to them. They could no longer continue to torment the man they had to go. We're asking the same today, Lord, for all of us, that we will learn to give up those fears. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. We cannot beat a spiritual enemy by hating physical people. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Look forward to seeing you next week for our second installment in this brand new series. Have a great day.